If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm just going to read a couple of verses, but when you go back home to meditate on this passage, it's very powerful, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, are you with me? Are you with me? Okay. Verse 4. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Say with me, confidence. It's confidence. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ. Christ is our confidence. My prayer is not my confidence. My fasting is not my confidence. My reading the Bible, the number of hours that I've spent, the energy that I've spent, all the things that I've done, my generosity, my seed, that, those are not my confidence. My confidence is Christ. My confidence is Christ. Okay, now I want you to jump to the verse. Verse 12. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. What's the hope that we have? That Christ is our confidence. Okay. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses. Now look at me here. Look at me here. Moses was bold enough. He was bold enough. He climbed the mountain. Stayed with God 40 days and 40 nights without eating, without drinking. Came back. His whole appearance was transformed. People were scared. There was a glory of the Lord that was upon him. He was bold. But Paul is saying, hey, if you are marveled at that glory, remember that the glory of Christ that is upon you is so much more. Because that glory was fading away. It was temporary. Every time for Moses, he had to recharge and come back for the glory to sustain. But you have the glory of Christ that does not, that does not fade away, but it moves from one degree of glory into another. Your life in Christ began where Moses' glory ends. You cannot compare what Christ has done with what Moses has achieved. You cannot compare. That's why Christ is our confidence. And, and Paul is saying, therefore we are bold, not like Moses. Well, Moses was bold enough, but <laughs> because of Christ, who is our confidence, we are much bolder. Amen. Much bolder. I'm telling you guys, if you get this message, my God. Say with me, confidence. Christ is my confidence. And say boldness. I have boldness. Why do you have boldness? Because Christ is my confidence. Got it? Now, jump, 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 jump to verse 17. Let's read from verse 16. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and with the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Say with me, confidence, boldness, freedom. Confidence, boldness, freedom. What is Paul saying? He's saying, when Christ becomes your confidence, it gives you the boldness to enter the presence of the Lord. And where the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do you want me to say that again? When Christ is your confidence, He gives you the boldness to enter the presence of the Lord. And where the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from what? Freedom from anything that enslaves you. Freedom from fear. 
freedom from sin, freedom from sickness, freedom from demon oppression, freedom from uncontrollable emotions, freedom from thoughts that you can't control that just overflows like loose motion. Freedom, freedom from everything that enslaves you. But look at the progression. It starts with Christ being my confidence. When Christ is my confidence, I have the boldness to enter the presence of the Lord where I find freedom. I want to show you a similar verse. It's in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Hebrews 4 verse 16. Are we there? Hebrews 4 verse 16. Let us then with confidence, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In some translation it, is, it says, come with boldness to the throne of grace. In fact, the word confidence and boldness, they're very similar because they come from the Greek word parisia. Parisia, okay? I'll talk more about it. But here the verse says, come with boldness to the throne of grace. Boldness is the doorway to the throne of grace. That's why the throne of grace is not for passive people who are waiting on God's will to happen in their life. Throne of grace is not for those people who Oh, if it is, it is, if God knows everything, if it is God's sovereign will, it will happen. Throne of grace is for those who recognize that Christ is my confidence, that I can open this door of boldness because Christ is my confidence and I can open and I can step into the presence of God. Some of you have been waiting far too long. Yeah, let the pastor go. I will stay here. Pastor, have you gone? Can you bless me? Can you pray for me? Can you say a word of blessing over me? Nothing wrong in doing that, but I want you to I want to tell you you live in a new covenant. Not in the old. You live in a new covenant where if you recognize that Christ is your confidence, you have the boldness to enter into the throne of grace. Boldness. Boldness is the doorway to the throne of grace. How many bold people here? Boldness is the throne, is the doorway to the throne of grace. It is not for people who are feeble-minded. It's not for people who are passive. It's not for people who are complacent. It is for people who are bold to say that I will go to the presence of the Lord because there is freedom. Why? Because Christ is my confidence. Christ is my confidence. My confidence is not on my prayers. My confidence is not on my, you know, the spiritual measurement that I have. My confidence is in what Christ has done for me. And that gives me the boldness to go into the presence of God. Where I can find freedom. 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 Amen. Okay. Matthew chapter 16 was 18. I'm... I'm taking you through something. Just stay with me, okay? Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. This is Jesus. See what he talks about the church. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Just imagine with me, Jesus is standing here and he's telling you, Hey, I tell you, I tell you, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do you know this, this phrase, gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I, last week when I was reading that verse, it suddenly hit me. There's a verse in the Old Testament where God gave Abraham a promise. 
Do you know that verse? It's in Genesis chapter 22. After Isaac, you know, the sacrifice of Isaac, the entire sacrifice of Isaac, God gave a promise. In, it is in Genesis chapter 22. Do you know which verse? Okay, let's read this verse. Genesis chapter 22. Verse 17, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. It's, it's the promise that was given to Abraham. Abraham, come, get out of your household. Come, I'll take you to a land that I am showing you. Come follow me. Then he takes him through the land and he says, even though you will not possess it right now, your descendants will possess it. And this is my promise that your offspring shall possess the gate of your enemies. It's the same promise that Jesus is quoting. He's saying, the church, the church will possess the gates of hell. Far too long, church has been playing defense. I don't know, enemy. This attack, that attack, spiritual attack, generational curses. You know, one of the reasons, last week I talked to you about altars, but one of the reasons why I don't really dwell too much on that, those topics is because we get too focused on the wrong thing than focusing on what Christ has done. I understand, yes, there are demonic powers. I understand there's spiritual warfare. I understand that, you know, the devil is out there to get you and he's like a roaring lion. But do you understand what Christ has done for you? Do you understand the power that is residing in you? And Jesus says, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You and me are called to possess the gates of hell. That's the Abrahamic promise. Not to play defense. Somehow by my prayers I'll protect my family and you know we'll, we'll escape all the spiritual attack. No. You are meant to fight against those who have been pulled into darkness and pull them out and possess the gates of hell. You have been called for a life of offense. Offense against the enemy, you know, the power of darkness, not humans. It's an Abrahamic promise that your offspring shall possess the gates of your enemies. Now, it is Joshua who possesses it, right? Because Moses brings them out, now it is Joshua who possesses it. So come with me to Joshua. See what the Lord tells Joshua. By the way, if you're wondering, we're still on prayer series, okay? Joshua chapter 1. Let's start from verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. He's not saying, I will give you. He says, every place where you step on, I have given to you. It's, it's already done. In the realm of the spirit, I have released it. The title deed is yours. But now you have to possess it physically. Okay. Now he says, Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man. Okay. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Then listen. 
Verse 6, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Verse 9, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you know what's, what is stopping you from possessing the promised land that God has for you? There are giants. You know what are those giants? What is the name of that giant? The name of that giant is fear. Fear. Unless Joshua is able to conquer the enemies in his mind, he can't conquer The name of your giant is fear. The name of your giant is fear. And God tells Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be bold for I am with you. I am your confidence. Be bold. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Second Timothy 1 verse 7, for we have not received a spirit of for we have not a spirit of fear that means fear is something that you received you were not born with fear God did not create you with fear fear is something that you received and you do not receive it from God because God does not give you fear Hallelujah. See, if I give you a gift and you don't like that gift, what can you do? You have the option to throw it away. The devil has given you a gift and its name is fear. And you are wrapping it itself and treating it, <laughs> this is my friend. This is so precious. This is so valuable. You don't like the gift, throw it away. Throw the fear away. Tackle fear, God gave us a spirit of power, love and sound mind. He gave you the power of God to work in you. He gave you the love of God that can overwhelm this fear. And he gave you the mind of Christ. The sound mind of Christ. Three things to tackle one thing. See, whenever the devil gives you, attacks you with one, God gives you three things. One is to three. Abundance. Imagine like this with me, okay? Every problem in the world, think about what can you think of? All the problems, all poverty, hunger, chaos, violence, division among people, right? All the fights among mother-in-law, daughter-in-law, everything, everything that you can think of. All the problems in the world. Think about it. All the problems in the world are nothing compared to the power of God that is inside of you. Greater is he who is in me than who is in the world. And Jesus says, this church, this ecclesia will possess the gates of hell. That's the promise. The promise is not somehow you escape hell. That's what we've been trying to evangelize people. Hey, somehow you can escape hell. The promise is not to escape hell. The promise is to possess hell. It's to shine the light of God in the most darkest of darkest places. That's what Jesus did. He set the captives free. When he died, he went and he preached the gospel in hell. And that's our 
That's our calling. So why do you pray? We pray to possess all that is ours. It's my inheritance in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm the ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. So if my life does not really align with what the word of God says, that means I have every right to pray and to declare the goodness of the Lord till I get it in my life. Till I see it. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see. It's not just spiritual sight. I will see. You have every right. Don't, don't become comfortable in your misery. We can get too comfortable in our misery. Oh, I'm sad. I'm low. I'm feeling depressed. Don't get too comfortable. I'm, now, I'm not neglecting the sickness. But please try to understand. The one who is in you is so much greater. You can't compare. Bible says in Romans 5, if there was a fight between grace and sin, grace will win hands down. It's like me fighting Muhammad Ali. There's no chance. Or me fighting that giant. I forgot his name. You know, Khali. There's, there's, there's no comparison. The grace of God that is in you will win sin hands down every time. But the question is, do you believe that you have it? Do you believe you have it? Come with me. Mark 11, 24. Mark 11, 24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Read with me. Therefore, I tell you, whatever... Whatever. Whatever is whatever. Okay. Whatever you ask in prayer. Wait. Does it say whatever you beg in prayer? So many of you have been begging. You know why? Because you don't know that you have come to the throne of grace. And he is not just a distant God. He is your father. Amen. Children don't beg from their parents. Children ask. Some of them demand. Whatever you ask in prayer. How do you ask? How do you ask in prayer? Why do you pray? So that you can ask. Not, Lord, I don't know if it is your will. I don't know if it is your will. I'm, I'm telling you something. I'm, let me ask you something. You, you have, if you have doubts that, I don't know if it is God's will for me to live a sickness-free life. If you have doubts, can I ask you this? Is it God's will for you to live a sin-free life? Are you sure? No doubt about that? Absolutely no doubt about that? then you should know that sickness is a symptom of sin. If you can't believe that sickness is not God's will for you, then you can't believe that sin is also not God's will for you. If God, that's why if I'm saying read the New Testament, you'll always find whenever you see sin being redeemed, you'll also see sickness being healed. Jesus looks at that person who is lame, I think. He says, who is paralyzed, yes. What is more difficult? He, he challenges the Pharisee. Is it more difficult to say, be forgiven, your sins are forgiven? Or is it difficult to say, you are healed? Because only God forgives. He was challenging them. Forgiveness of sins is connected to healing of sickness. They're both tied together. You have to know what is God's heart for you. God's heart is against sin. And if God's heart is against sin, that means God's heart is against everything that is eating you alive. 
God's heart is against every enemy that is coming against you. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Do you notice that he is not saying believe after you have received it? You know, once you have received it, once you have received the healing, now believe. No. He says, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. While you are praying, you need to believe. You need to believe because it has already been released in the realm of the Spirit. You know, like how God told Joshua, every place that you step on, I have given you, but you still need to go and possess. You still need to go and kill those 30 kings. It has already been released. So you have to believe that you have received it. You have to, you have to believe that you have it. See, receive is a passive word. Okay, so let me give you an aggressive word. Because in the Greek, receive is aggressive. It means take. You want to receive in prayer, you need to take it. You know why? Because God has already released it. And then it says, and it will be yours. Boldness to the throne of grace. Why do we have boldness to the throne of grace? So that you can ask boldly. It begins by asking boldly. When you begin to ask boldly, your identity becomes bold. And automatically, you start fighting your enemy boldly. See, when David was fighting Goliath, please understand this. It was a bold move. But it didn't begin there. If you read the verses before, he was speaking boldly. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dares to defy the name of the Lord? He spoke boldly. Before you can act boldly, you have to speak boldly. That's why your pastor can speak lot of things that does not make sense to you and you'll be like, he's always talking big things. My confidence is not in myself. My confidence is in Christ and what Christ is showing me. That's why I can speak boldly. I can speak boldly saying that we will be moving from this place. This place will be overflowing. I can speak boldly not because of the confidence that I have in my capacity or my capability. My confidence is Christ. Can I tell you a story? Now when I'm telling you the story, I want to give you a disclaimer. Stick to the message of the story. Okay? Don't get unnecessary details. Got it? So my story is, you know, I was in ministry way back in 2010. 2010 I was in ministry. But in 2015, the Lord opened doors for me where, uh, let me say it like this, God blesses people through people. God is a source, but he uses people to be a channel of blessing. So in 2015, someone came into my life who was a big channel of blessing. Big, meaning I can't even describe. From the lifestyle that I was living, from the standard of life that I was living, I was like, Phew. Big transformation, big change. Okay, Now that person, he said, he, he, he kept on blessing me. He, he blessed me with clothes. He blessed me with shoes. He blessed me with MacBook. He blessed me with this keyboard. He blessed me with so many things. That person, he said, Sam, I think, you know, for ministry, I think you need a good car. It's 2015. I said, okay. And he said, Let's go to the showroom. We went to Toyota showroom and we saw the top line Innova. But you know what? I was too embarrassed to receive it. Too embarrassed. Because I'm like, man, I'm so young. What will I do with the Innova? I'm okay with my eco. Too embarrassed to receive it. So somehow I convinced him, you know, I don't think it's God's timing. Just let it go. 2017, I get married and I, we, we get our own car, first car. Okay? And I buy it by paying car loan for three years. 
every time I gave that money to the loan, I was like so angry. I was like, God, I wish you had been more clear to me in 2015 when I had the opportunity to receive that car by faith, debt free. So this process of car loan taught me, I made a commitment with the Lord that I will not take loan. Loan is not my portion. I'll not take loan. So in 2018, telling you a story, okay, stay with me. In 2018, you know, randomly I have this thought, man, we should have a house of our own. Now, I have no money, no capacity, nothing but a vision, but a dream. So I, I keep this to the Lord and, and the only thing I hear from the Lord is take a step of faith. So what I do is I open a recurring account where I put some money every month. And that, 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 that account matures in two years. Okay? Are you with me? In two years. Now, in the process, nobody is telling us we'll get your home. Nobody is saying anything. Two years happen and the money is going to mature. And somebody comes and tells me, hey, there's a house in Chhatrapur. Do you want to see? I'm telling you, in my mind, I had so much of unbelief. I was like, you have no idea, man. I have no money in my account. I don't have the capacity to get this. But because, you know, man of stature, right? <laughs> I'm in ministry. I didn't want to give them the wrong picture. So I just went just to honor that person. They showed us the house. We liked it. But then the property dealer showed us another house and we loved it. We loved it. And it was... See, when you have nothing in your hands, at least you can dream. Right? And we loved it. The money that is maturing in the account is one hundredth of, let me say, one fiftieth. One fiftieth, yeah. It was two lakh rupees. One fiftieth of the entire amount that I need to pay to get the house. Okay? I have no money. We come back home and somehow me and Betty, we are talking about, you know, some, we need to get this house because we love the house, you know. It has, the, the view from the windows is so good, open, open space, trees, and it's very quiet. Everything that I've imagined, and it's not really far from the city. We somehow need to get the house. Now, practically speaking, how do you, how do you get a house in such a situation? You apply for a loan. Now, when she said, let's apply for a loan, I was like, Loan, no. <laughs> I don't want to take loan. Because I've already had that experience. So we prayed about it. And one thing that we decided, me, me and Betty, we decided, no matter what happens, it's either a gift from the Lord or it's not. But I am not going to take loan. We're not going to take loan. We're not going to finance the house. You won't believe in a week's time, we had someone calling us and saying, we are willing, we are willing to give you that house for free. Are you hearing? But it takes a bold step of faith. Okay? I don't think, in fact, when that money in the account matured, that is how I paid the token fee because the person who promised hasn't given me the money yet. But I paid that token fee. Even when I'm giving that token money, it's based on the assurance of what the Lord has released, not based on that person in, in itself. Are you understanding? It takes boldness. It takes boldness to trust God. So we got the house in a year's time. Exactly in the time that money matured, we got the house. Now we got the house, but what do we do about the furnishing? There are sofas that needs to be bought. There's washing machine, stove, ACs, fridge, so many things. And I did the budgeting and it was like, my goodness, now what do I do? <laughs> this is going way out of proportion. 
I was in complete unbelief. Okay, and I'm telling you what what God does. That day, one fine day, God brought in a friend whom we were showing the house, and he was like, "Man, this is so good." And he said, "Can I, can I bless you with a washing machine?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> so we went, and as as he was getting the washing machine, I heard from the Lord, and I'm telling you, it's a disclaimer: you don't do it if you don't hear from the Lord. Okay? I heard from the Lord, and the Lord said, "Sam, why don't you get the ACs?" I said, "I have no money. The AC itself is going to cost me two and a half lakhs. I have no money." And God says, "But there's you have." That new credit card that you got, swipe it. That's why I'm saying you don't do it without hearing God's word. <laughs> yes, you don't do it without hearing God's word. So what I did, I swiped the credit card and got the ACs. You won't believe. In three days' time, I had somebody calling from the U.S. and he said, "Hey, I want to bless you with air conditions in your house." You won't believe everything in a house was paid for. Completely living by faith. Now I am excited. I'm super excited seeing the hand of God. My goodness, see, it's another thing. Talk preaching about faith. It's another thing. Living about faith. Living with faith is like absolutely a different thing. It all begins when you hear from God and you boldly you take a step of faith. Now, when you hear from God, it's not like God says. Sam, this is what I want to. It doesn't happen like that. Moses, it doesn't happen like that. Okay, when I'm saying that I heard from the Lord, it was from very deep part of my heart where I had a conviction, a dream, a desire. And I took it to the Lord, and I was like, and I was like, I don't know, Lord, if it is from you or if it is just my desire. Do you approve of this? You know, there's there's a battle that happens. But what it is waiting for when you when you pray, when you ask in prayer, what it's waiting for is for you to take a step of faith, because faith without action is dead. Agreeing, agreeing, just agreement, is not enough. Oh yeah, I, I agree that I've received it in the realm of the spirit. No, you have to take a step of faith. Now, when we got the house, when we settled in the house, you know, every morning I would sit in the balcony. I would look outside and see the beautiful view, and I would pray. And one day, the Lord just stirred up in my heart, and He said, "Get out of your house, of your, of your." Family of your relatives, you know that verse in Genesis chapter twelve that God gives to Abraham. That just came in strongly, and when he said "get out of your house," I knew that he did not mean get out of this house. I just knew what he meant. He meant get out of your old house where we were doing church service then. And I knew what the Lord was saying. He was saying that get out of that place and find a place somewhere over here for the church. I just knew it in my heart. That was the Lord saying. Now, now I've seen the. Move of the Lord, and the it's it's very fresh, right? Past couple of months, I'm excited. So I tell my church people, "Hey guys, you know what? The Lord is saying that we should move out of this place, and we should find a place somewhere near Chhatrapur." Do you know how many faith believing people said amen to that? Zero. Everybody looked at me. What is he saying? Doesn't make sense. Aren't we happy in the fellowship that we have in the house? So good. We are enjoying. We love this. But do you know? Sometimes, sometimes as a leader, you just have to move forward, and people will follow, right? So the next day itself, I I found some property dealers on the internet, and we started looking for places. We saw one place in Gitoni. We said yes to him, and that was the only amount that I had in my hand. The token amount that we gave. That was the only amount I had. Everything else was faith. I'm telling you, everything else was faith. The following couple of days, we sat down and we 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 wrote a budget. The budget came up to like eight lakhs. The first day it came up to five lakhs. The second day it went to eight lakhs. Then the third day it became twelve lakhs. And we have see, we can talk about budget. You know, who cares if it is five eight when it is not when you have no money in your account? You know, you can still dream. 
but taking that bold step of faith matters now i'm not saying that i wasn't fighting unbelief there was a lot of unbelief there was a lot of doubt there was this whole embarrassing thing that was in my head what if this whole thing is going to fail and then people are going to say sam what are you doing it was it was a difficult season but do you know i love it because somehow the church people got it they gave in their energy they gave in money they were generous there were a lot of people who blessed us and somehow that goal was very less and we got it done in 6 8 weeks time we got that church built and we were ready to move we moved into that church everything was good in november i had this feeling in my heart that the lord was going to ask us to move so i told ashish ashish i think you know we should start saving money from all the offerings and tithes every month we should just set aside some money for building fund in the month of march when i was sitting in that old church right we were just sitting it was a weekday i was so dissatisfied i was like no god you know holy dissatisfaction holy discontentment i was so dissatisfied i was like no we have to move out i called up the property dealer and he said yeah i think i have a place for you and he showed us this place when i saw the place first i was really excited i can't tell you i was excited but i was overwhelmed because this place is double the rent of the other one and this place will cost more if we had to when when we had to refurnish and you know rebuild and polish all of it it will cost much more than what we did the last time but somewhere in my mind you know i'm thinking yeah you know the church folks they were there they gave generously everybody was there you know somehow we got help we had lot of financial help it, it will happen so i just said i signed the papers that day even my wife didn't know i called her up on the way and i said we got the place it was surprising shocking for everyone but we got it now we are doing budgeting and it's it's almost 3 4 times of what we did the last time because we need now new equipments you know the place is bigger carpeting soundproofing all of it it's impossible but what i'm thinking what i'm banking on i'm banking on on all the help that i got during the first time we built the church and do you know how many people helped do you know how many people sold and I, i'm not putting you down but i want you to learn a very important thing a lot of you guys you came to me and you said you know you can't help in the season and you know it it felt like everybody in the church came and said i'm sorry we are going through a difficult season but god was faithful to provide all all the sources of finances that i had in my head they all failed the person who who is willing to buy me the car in 2015 he's a well wisher of us okay he loves our ministry and he's a great blessing to us he has always been a great blessing he calls me and he says sam i think something amazing is really happening in your life and in the church because i really i really want to bless you in this ministry and the building project that you have but i can't i'm so tight my all my hope all the hope that i had on people it just came tumbling down but i know that the lord who gave me the word and if i had taken a bold step of faith it will happen it has to happen it has to happen i was talking to this friend this a spiritual friend that i have i was talking to him and i was just telling him you know man last time when we built the church like everybody was able to contribute and somehow we got it done but this time it just feels like you know god is just blessing me financially okay he blessed my business tremendously during that time okay and god is just blessing me financially and it's weird it's like unusual and very few i'm saying very handful of people have actually sowed into this building fund and you know something my friend said really really shook me my friend said you know why because god is jealous god is jealous and he wants to prove that he is your source he don't he doesn't want you to trust in people yes he uses people to be a channel of blessing but he is jealous whenever somebody else takes that place 
he wants to be your source and i want to encourage you i just i just want to challenge you and encourage you that can you ask boldly can you ask boldly it takes a bold step of faith you know to sign a rent of such a big place you know when you have nothing in your account you know we had 25% of the budget that we had decided for this place 25% 75% is what we are believing in faith absolute faith and we got this place debt free everything built in like 6 weeks and i'm sharing this with you so that i can challenge you that if the lord can do this for the church he can do this for your life he can do this for you but it requires for you to take a step of faith it requires for you to take a step of faith you know like david who could face goliath and he say and and be like you know the slingshot that i have is enough somebody to take that step of faith it it looks absolutely ridiculous do you know how many people would have would have taunted david saying you are young you are small you have no experience but the bold faith that he had because he saw god god was his confidence in fact you know when he's talking to saul he's saying you know you know you know you know saul king saul when when i was a shepherd lions came bears came and you know i i was able to pull the sheep out of their 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 mouth but he says and that's why i believe that the lord of that lord god will deliver me again he does not take credit for that he knows it's the lord god who's who's done that boldness boldness now you may wonder yeah he's i can't relate with this he's just too bold for me too bold for me to take such steps i i get it i get it too bold for you to take such steps but can you begin by speaking boldly speak can you begin by speaking boldly even if you can't take any major bold steps of faith but at least can you speak jesus before he took that cross boldly and he went and fought the greatest towards his greatest destiny that he had he was speaking boldly speaking boldly against the pharisees speaking boldly in the synagogue speaking boldly preaching the gospel before you take a step of action your words matter you you're not you're not you're not taking any bold steps that's fine but can you start speaking boldly that's what the bible says whatever you ask in prayer ask boldly ask boldly because when you ask boldly he fills you with boldness so that you can take those steps of faith that is required for you to possess you're not we're not asking enough we're not asking enough you know psalms 2 verse 8 read with me psalms 2 verse 8 guys you have to meditate this verse okay psalms 2 verse 8 psalms 2 verse 8 ask of me and i will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession you think you are asking too much from the lord lord says ask of me and i will give you nations as your inheritance you're asking too little your dreams are too little your desires are too little and god is saying ask boldly ask boldly how do you come to the throne of grace with boldness by by asking boldly lord this is my problem but i ask boldly of your grace i ask boldly of your mercy i ask boldly of your prosperity and peace and healing in my life ask boldly ask boldly proverbs 28 was one says the righteous are bold as a lion say with me the righteous are bold as a lion the righteous are bold as a lion come on believing believers righteous are bold as a lion do you know why lion is the king of the jungle 
he's not the smartest i think the snake is the smartest he's not the fastest cheetah is the fastest he's not the strongest maybe an elephant is the strongest he is the king because he is bold he is king because he is courageous be strong and courageous didn't i tell you don't be afraid be strong and courageous for the kingdom of god has suffered violence and the violent take it by force be strong and courageous this is your inheritance be strong and courageous be bold be bold be bold be bold be bold be bold ask boldly ask boldly even if you can if you even if you it doesn't make sense and you can't take those steps of faith and you know those bold steps of faith ask boldly it begins by asking boldly because when you start asking boldly you start speaking boldly you know i i know i know some people have un, you know difficulty believing all that i say i'm not talking about during the message i'm saying after the message also i speak a lot you know about my life i speak god is going to bless us because a lot of things i speak in faith right god is going to bless us with this god is going to bless us with that i know a lot of people have difficulty in receiving that yeah you know pastor he always talks about big things but i'm saying before you take bold steps you speak boldly you start speaking boldly Second Corinthians chapter four says, "If you have the spirit of faith, the spirit of faith speaks. Faith speaks. Faith does not remain silent." I was I was doing a word study of boldness, and the word study of boldness, parisia, the opposite of boldness is silence, accusation, shame. You want to understand the meaning of boldness? Understand the opposite of boldness. The opposite of boldness is silence, accusation, and shame. Are you going to be silent? Are you going to accuse yourself, live in condemnation? Are you going to be ashamed? Who is going to be bold enough? Who is going to be bold enough to be as bold as a lion and say, "This is my inheritance. I am going to ask boldly from the Lord, and I am going to receive boldly from the Lord because this is my portion. This is my portion. This is my portion. Whatever you ask in prayer, whatever you ask in prayer, ask boldly." because it's your inheritance ask boldly ask boldly ask boldly come on let's pray